listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, episode 283. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the really sweet and loving, and the man who dropped an F-bomb in a mini JB rant in an upcoming video, John Brownstone. Yeah, it happens so on occasion. I know. I think you surprised yourself. You said fuck, and then you just sort of stopped. Your eyes got wide. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn. <laughs> and I'm totally leaving that into the video. <laughs> Uh, this week, we would like to focus on the good in power exchange relationships. So we're going to talk about green flags instead of just the red ones that we are constantly mentioning mm-hmm. and I constantly bitch about. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. This, this is your first time listening. Glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Tuesday and Friday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at lovingbdsm on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, <laughs> LovingDS in the number one, and that's at LovingDS1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. Uh, because there was no mini episode this week, we made an oopsie. No, we did not forget to record it. We had it recorded. There was still an oopsie we might talk about in the bonus section. Uh, we did not get to shout out of this week's sponsor, elegantly owned our favorite BDSM collar shop because I'm currently wearing a collar made by uh, elegantly owned and it is beautiful and I love it. Uh, so they <laughs> were supposed to sponsor that episode. We made an oopsie on that episode. And so hi, we're talking about them here. So elegantly owned does make gorgeous collars uh, from necklaces to anklets. I've got both an anklet, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I've got, I think I've got, this collar, and then I've got a couple of locks, and the yes. current lock is one that I saw. I saw, and I was like, "I need to buy this from you right now. Please do not let anybody else buy this from you right now. I'm buying this from you right now." <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I have kept it on the whole time. Um, so, elegantly owned is on Etsy. You can search the name elegantly owned, all one word, or mm-hmm. we have the link in the show notes page. Uh, if you shop in the month of September. 2021 and use the code early holiday all one word to get 10% off your purchase. Uh, now is a good time to buy because he custom makes most of these and and can custom make like if there's a color you want or whatever. So it gets busy at the holidays and if you want to make sure that that new collar arrives in time, now would be a good time to order. So early holiday is the code save 10% at elegantly mm-hmm. owned we love Elegantly Owned, love the callers. We've done several reviews. Uh, Elegantly Owned was part of our podcast anniversary giveaway. Yes, I'm they were. still drooling over the Wonder Woman collar. <laughs> Freaking love that thing. Um, and yes, both winners did want it, and I basically had to flip a coin. Uh, so <laughs> check out Elegantly Owned, link in the show notes, or just go to Etsy and search Elegantly Owned and use the code Early Holiday. Okay, so this week I made. Lots and lots of notes. I know, and we're going to actually try to follow them. (laughs) So we're talking about green flags, and I I can't give a complete shout out because, and I did this on purpose, but I want to say that we did not magically come up with this idea. It was absolutely inspired by a lot of my Instagram scrolling, actually. (laughs) So when you have multiple Instagram accounts, uh, they each start to develop their own personalities. (laughs) 
and your the algorithm feeds you different things. And so I've, I get a lot of vanilla relationship advice and I get a lot of kink relationship advice. The kink relationship advice is the only one that makes sense, but here we are. <laughs> uh, and in several places, I've seen different coaches and therapists and other professionals start talking about green flags. The first time mm -hmm. I saw it was a vanilla person and I don't even remember who. And they were like, let's talk about some green flags in a relationship. And I'm like, oh, that's a fascinating idea. And then I know I saw a kinkster coach or educator do it. And the moment I saw that, I went, oh, I'd really love that to be a topic. And so then I refused to look at their content because I didn't want to be overly uh, inspired to the point where I'm <laughs> like, let me lift this word for word. But I, we did not just come up with this idea like out of the air. It was definitely inspired by conversations others are having. Um, and what we're gonna do is sort of go through this list. It's in no particular order. It was literally us sitting down and me going, this is a green flag and you going, that's a green flag. And we type them all out. Um, this is, try to keep this specific to power exchange relationships mm -hmm. for the reason that we have upcoming videos of, we didn't call them green flags. We were calling them signs that this person is a good dominant or a good submissive. And those will be green flags as well, but specific to the role, okay? Um, also, we do not think this list is completely exhaustive. I'm sure there are other good signs, green flags, mm. yay, this is this is a good thing, move forward kind of thing. These are just ours. Yeah. And I'm gonna, tr I'm gonna try, because if I'm counting, it's 10. 10 we came up with. I'm trying not to get bogged down, or we'll be here for many, many hours uh, and some of y'all might be okay with that because y'all are masochists, okay? <laughs> the rest of you probably would not like that. So let's go down this list. Okay. My fir the first one on our list, green flag. One or both, both preferably. You're willing to communicate or to at least learn how to communicate. You might be bad at it, imperfect at it, but you will still try to do the open, honest mm -hmm. communication, say the thing you're thinking, talk about your needs, express yourself, listen to the other person because communication isn't just what you say. It's, right. It's sitting back and listening. That is, if you are willing to try to do it, no matter how imperfectly imperfect you are at it, I would consider that a green flag. Yeah. I mean, nobody's, you know, sprung out of the box being a, a good communicator. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially growing up, if you don't have good role models for learning to communicate, you know, you have to work at the skill. Absolutely, and I think the the hardest part for most people, if you if you don't feel like you're a good communicator, or you're just pretty sure you're just fucking not, it's learning how to open your mouth and say the words, or find a way to communicate. I have always told myself I'm a great communicator, and I mean there are certain things maybe I was okay at until I just finally got better at it. But I was, you know, better than anybody. I was really bad at telling you what I needed, saying a hard thing. Dealing yes. with conflict, like if I was upset about something, actively saying those words was really, really tough. But I had embraced the idea that this was really important to our relationship. One, I'd watched mm -hmm. my inability and a partner's inability to communicate crumble relationships. Like I'd, I'd lived that experience. And so we found workarounds. I, we, to this day, mm -hmm. the past two times we've had to have, one time we were arguing and the second time it was like, let's head off the argument because this is a better way to communicate. We actually did it in writing. Yeah. But we started that 
in our, one, we started it because we were long distance and everything was in writing. It was just the way to constantly communicate. But we did that with conflict management when I needed to say something that I was struggling to say, but I felt was important to tell True. you. Even if it wasn't like I was mad at you, it was like, this thing is bothering me. This is hard to say. I would write it out. Um, and that over time, I learned that it is safe to say the thing. I developed the skill to say the thing most of the time. Correct. Um, we do revert back to writing when I realized that there are certain topics it's about tone we use, it's about facial expression. Right. We don't hear one another. We interpret what the other means based on a lot of other factors. And we've gone through past two disagreements, I would say. They weren't arguments, but disagreements. And we emailed it out. Right. And we actually communicated better, better that way. Yes. Because then you were just focusing on my work. And I could edit myself and you could edit yourself. Mm -hmm. I could say what I meant to say and then make it actually like, like not put in sarcasm not put in an eye roll, not let my voice get loud. And we still practice those old skills that worked years ago today. Yep. So it's not really even the method of communication so much as just that that understanding and willingness to say this is important and even when I'm not doing it well and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Because we, I think we all here know communication is the hallmark of everything we do. Mm -hmm. Without communication, you can't get consent. Without communication, right. you can't talk boundaries. Without communication, you're going to be stuck in old habits and processes that you had from vanilla life that didn't serve you. Um, and so it, it's the top thing. Mm -hmm. And nobody should expect you to walk into it and be great at it. But that willingness is... And when, quite frankly, I, I will say communication is a kink of mine. When somebody <laughs> is a good, in my, and that's subjective good, a good communicator, I'm like 10 times more interested. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wanna, I'm that type of person, that type of introvert especially, I wanna have those deep conversations. I wanna like, yeah. if I feel a good vibe with you, I wanna talk to you. That's, I've got a gnat flying in my face, sorry y'all. Oh my God, <laughs> I want to t sit and talk and not the bullshit like, how's the weather, even though weirdly that is a conversation we have every single night about the weather and it's the weirdest thing because i'm like what <laughs> but so being able to communicate is actually like an attraction thing to me mm -hmm. if you can talk to me or are willing to talk to me and willing to listen to me and let me talk which you better if you want to hang out with me sorry uh i'm i'm even more interested anyway but yeah. it's also the step of this is how we progress in power exchange to any sort of good place there you go next one mm. I, I, honestly some of these are going to be obvious but we're trying to focus on the good and not just the danger danger red flag here kind of thing uh you respect boundaries and limits theirs and yours yeah. we tend to talk about this most in terms of dominance and we did bring it up in that dom video we just recorded mm -hmm. um but there are submissives who don't respect boundaries and limits i i've seen dominant say this you've even kind of talked about this a little bit in the past of there are submissives out there who basically treat their doms like kink dispensers. <laughs> like, this is yeah. what I want. You have to give it to me because that's what you do. You give mm -hmm. the things as the dominant. Oh, that's just kind of gross. <laughs> and it's definitely not a good sign. But when, even when you don't understand, even when you're disappointed that, oh, that's a boundary of yours and, oh, well, that was the thing I was hoping to do. The, just the fact of respecting each other's needs and desires and lack of desires, that's a very good sign. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that, that that's something that goes a long way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, boundaries and and limits; those are important things. Yes, 
And there is still I, a gnat flying oh on God. I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that's it's it's important stuff. It's kind of sorry. the obvious <laughs> I was distracted stuff by your by my flapping. Yeah. Podcast listeners, be grateful. You can't see this. Um, it's kind of the obvious stuff. It's the when somebody is not respecting your boundaries or your limits or how you're trying to negotiate your power exchange or your kink, it's kind. it tends to be kind of a turnoff. But there are enough people, especially newer kinksters, who somehow think they're supposed to just do a thing, uh, often with submissives, because that's their role. Mm-hmm. And they know it makes them feel kind of bad that, you know, their desires and wishes aren't don't seem to be respected, but they people convince themselves that this is normal. It's not normal. <laughs> the ability to go, you, that's this person over here are a separate entity from me and have your own wants and needs and desires and things you like and things you don't like. And I respect that as part of your humanity. Mm-hmm. And also I have my own. And our point is to find the Venn diagram of where the things we both like overlap. Right. That is, for many of us who have gone through some really bad relationships and finally found our ways into good relationships and have finally figured out what we will tolerate and what we won't tolerate, it's kind of like, oh, well, no shit. But too many people really think that power exchange is so out there and out of the ordinary from all of the rest of existence that they have to sometimes be told, no, it's a good sign. When your partner respects your boundaries and limits, mm-hmm. thanks, and that you and allows you to set them. Yeah, and I, we can both attest that it's not always easy when a partner sets a boundary, especially if it's how you've been this whole time. And they're like, when you set the yeah. the safe word for when I've just I'm gone overboard in talking or planning or intent the intensity that is me, Kayla Lords. Mm, the intensity that is. I'm not lie and say that it felt real good that I'm a person that another person had to go look I have to put a safe word in place to get you to stop talking this is a boundary I'm creating it says everything about me about how I handled that I have my own inner disappointment because I part of that's my own makeup I was like I felt awful because what kind of person am I that I can't shut the fuck up Uh, if you've been here five minutes you know that person who can't shut the fuck up but the the more important thing was, okay, this is what he needs and this is how I don't have to constantly worry, am I doing the right thing or the wrong thing? Yeah. I can be who I am and then you have the limit of this is my moment when it's too much and then I respect yeah. that. And that's but you've part also, of navigating a But you've also learned over time that even though I may need to end the conversation for that moment, mm-hmm. we do come back to it. Yeah. It, it's it's not the end of the conversation mm-hmm. per se. It's more like a pause. Sure. And actually by the time we come back to it, I've usually calmed the hell down. Yeah. Which is just yet another fucking example of why patience is important and taking your time is important and I fucking hate it. <laughs> but it works. Okay. The next uh, green flag. And for impatient people, this one is hard. You take the time to get to know each other. I don't, I'm not saying that instant chemistry, instant spark, instant vibe isn't real. And I know that some people, they are the minority, but some people can meet a person and kind of hit it off and kind of move through the process faster than others. But in that process, no matter what your speed is, getting to know one another as people 
mm-hmm. is important. This goes back to this idea that some submissives treat doms like kink dispensers. Well, what what do you know about that dominant that you're you're trying to like get them to like do whatever kinky thing to you? Like, do you know who they are? Do you know what their hopes and dreams and fears that they're willing to share with you are? What do you know about them? Conversely, I think about the people who are like, I talked to you yesterday. Today you own me. What? What? What do you know about this person? The other, to me, it's scary. To me, it's scary. Mm -hmm. Other people might not see it this way. Are the people who are like, I've been in this power exchange for eight months, nine months. I'm taking this from a memory of a long ago email. We've We've been together eight or nine months online. In that time, I've told them, here's my laundry list of details I've shared with them. Here is my equivalent could fit on a sticky note of what I know about them. And I'm not sure any of that is true. (laughs) Like, I don't actually know where they live. I don't know their real name. I don't know if they've ever been married. If they're currently married, I don't know any, uh, I know that they own me. And I mean, yes, do we see that in Sub Frenzy a lot? Yes, we just published a blog post on Loving BDSM.net mm-hmm. this week about signs of Sub Frenzy, and that is definitely one of them. But if you're like, are we in a good place in this relationship? Is this relationship moving in the right direction? One of those signs is, are you taking the time to get to know each other? And are both partners forthcoming about some details? Like, I think there's a thing that we have to, we we'll talk about this when we get to, talking about boundaries a little bit more, but there's a difference between privacy and secrecy. Like we all get to maintain yeah. privacy. There, We don't have to share every detail of our life the moment we meet somebody that we're gonna mm-hmm. call our dom or our sub. But in the process of forming that relationship, we should be divulging things that are pertinent to that situation. Sure, like, absolutely. When you and I first met, you did not need my full medical history, but certainly by the time we played with erotic humiliation, you needed to know that there were words. Correct. That triggered my anxiety so bad. Correct. Um, I couldn't have told you when we first met that uh, too much weight on my body triggers a panic attack, but that is now information I have to either remind you of or I would have to share with a new partner. Mm-hmm. We're not having sex in missionary because you put your weight on me. I will panic. I have to tell yeah. them that. I don't have to go into all of it. I don't have to talk about my traumatic childhood, but I have to share that information now. So you have to, there has to be an exchange of information Mm -hmm. as there is an exchange of power and you get to set your boundaries with that. You get to keep things private, but you don't, Mm -hmm. you can't be keeping secrets. And if there's a lot of secret keeping, I'm going to say we're in red flag territory, not Mm -hmm. green flag territory. I mean, when when we met and we started heading towards a relationship, Mm -hmm. I gave you my full name. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I, uh, here's, here's my Facebook page. And I, I was like, you know, do a background check on me. You know, find out who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I didn't hold any of that back from you. And I did. I mean, I didn't do a, like a background check, but I, I did what many people do. I Googled the fuck out of you. I found your <laughs> Facebook profile and then scrolled back through months and months and months. Of, and you weren't even a heavy poster, but I no. was like all the way back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I could have told you stuff about birthday parties you attended several <laughs> years prior. I, I did my due diligence. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. But, yeah, I think I think. 
also think a green flag is being curious about the other person. You know, it goes mm-hmm. back to communication. It goes back to, you know, um, yeah, it goes back to communication. That sort mm-hmm. of curiosity about the other person. Like, what do you do? Who are you? What do you love? What do you hate? What makes you yeah. happy? What makes you sad? Like, let me know who you are. Like, that's a really good sign. I mean, I was asking you stuff, you know, well, what what foods do you like? What's your we favorite TV show? We used to play 20 show? questions. Oh, yeah. I loved that because I'm nosy bitch. I was like, I'm going to ask all <laughs> kinds of questions. And then, of course, we also had the freedom to go, I don't want to answer that right now. Yeah. I'm not comfortable answering that. Mm-hmm. And you have to have that ability to do that as well. Right. So the next one that's a green flag is relates to everything we write. Apparently, these were building on one another, and I didn't realize it as mm. we were making this list. And it's that the person is open and transparent within their boundaries. And this is where it goes mm-hmm. back to what I was talking about, the difference between privacy and secrecy. Yes. So... You're trying to get to know them and they're willing to allow you to get to know them while still maintaining their own privacy. So we go back to, uh, I don't have to give you my full medical history upon meeting, but the Mm -hmm. moment our kink play diverges into an area where you have to know information so we can play safely, I'm going to tell you that. But also it's as simple as um, once you've been talking online for a while and you're establishing this rapport and the idea is that you're going to take it offline eventually, mm-hmm. my name is, you know, I live in this town. Like you don't have to give your street address, but you can say what city you live in. If it's long right. distance, you can say things like I used to be married or I'm going through a divorce. Sometimes this is pertinent information a person needs to know to decide if they want to be with you or not, quite frankly, <laughs> you know, I mean. You don't have to say, I have four kids, their names are, their ages are, their zodiac signs are, this is the hospital they were born, but you can say, I've got four kids, and you can leave it at that, right? Again, some of this is about that sharing of information well, and to it's get about, to know one another. It's about building of trust and, and comfort. Exactly, exactly. It's about having a sense of you know who the person is right. that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And the I know some people will hold back certain details because they're afraid the other person won't like them or will dump them. And I get it, I get that fear that it sucks when that happens, but this is that moment where I'd rather tell you some of that shit up front and let you self-select your way out the door so I can move (laughs) on and find somebody else. It goes back to um, the, I can't remember the video we talked about it in or the stream or the podcast, or we we talk so much, I don't remember when and where we talk anymore. (laughs) But we talked about the decision um, between putting the the fact that you're kinky, whether you know your role or mm-hmm. not, dom sub, whatever, in a dating profile versus not doing it, especially if you're yeah. like on a, a vanilla dating site, right? Or a vanilla dating app. It's like, do I put that information out there or not? I know that I'm gonna put that out there because I, I might have to deal with creepers and there might be a lot of blocking and deleting going on, but I also need people to go to look at me and go oh that's not gonna work because that's not who i want Mm -hmm. and don't don't waste my fucking time that's a that's a an extreme of a first day version of okay now we're trying to maybe establish this relationship i'm gonna share i'm gonna be open and honest with you within my boundaries maintain my own privacy for safety or just comfort Mm -hmm. or whatever whatever but I'm also gonna give you information about who I am so you can decide, is this who you really wanna be with? Which is why I have zero tolerance and use for people who are married and are looking, are trying to find other partners and aren't telling the person, by the way, yes. I'm married. You were married when we first met. Mm-hmm. 
if I mean I I found that out like right at the same time you were telling me that because it wasn't the first detail you started with. We thought yeah. we were just going to be friends and it didn't right. matter. But as we were getting to know one another, we realized, ooh, there's something there. You gave me your real name. I had researched you. I had found your wife. And probably the next conversation, we were talking about relationships. And you were like, yeah, I'm not happy in this marriage. I don't see this lasting. Mm -hmm. This is who I am, blah, blah, blah. And you actually fully expected me to to bail. And again, I was still in Mm -hmm. denial that we were... We were not romantically inclined. It was fine. But the moment... (laughs) The moment we were romantically inclined, I went, this isn't fine anymore. Uh, And we dealt with it. But that is information that the other person deserves to know because some people aren't going to care. Some people are going to care very deeply. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's going to matter to them. Um, And so when you are open and transparent to that degree, Mm -hmm. that's a good sign. Because if, if you're saying it now in early days when how much does it matter? How important is it? How much weight do these details carry sometimes a little bit sometimes a lot it usually means that you're going to continue that on later in the later not always it's not a one-to-one automatic Mm -hmm. but it's a good sign for but it up it ups the chance yes exactly okay next one Mm -hmm. does what they say they'll do the other word for that is integrity Integrity. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is definitely in any side of the slash human thing i mean we talk about it in terms of submissives agree to do things and they need to do them and dom say they'll take this responsibility yeah 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 but in general are you a person who is trying to the best of your abilities to do what you say that you'll do and when you can't go back to the very top one you communicate that because we can't always do what we said we would do. It's just not mm-hmm. always possible. Life happens, shit happens, things get fucked up. Okay, well the moment that happens, because this is about my personal integrity on the yeah. line, I'm turning around and going, okay, we got to talk about this. I said I was and, gonna do this, here's and this always, and, and this also goes hand in hand with consistency. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And consistency is huge in power exchange. It's a little bit of what, how, I mean, consistency is how the power exchange can move from moment to moment. It's mm-hmm. about how trust is maintained because again, you're trusting that the person's gonna do the thing they said they would do. They're gonna be the person they said they were, all that good stuff. Um, but if you're looking for signs in your relationship, are things going well? Is this a good thing? Here comes that fucking gnat again. Um, <clears throat> doing what they, people, doing, when a partner does what they say they'll do, that's a thing to be applauded and celebrated because right. we all have had the experience or even been the person who did not do what we would say we would do. Now, there is a part of that. There's a nuance to that. Uh, I have in the past been this type of person. Some of us overcommit, overpromise, and then underdeliver. Um, that There's a lot of reasons people do that. People pleasing being part of it, conflict avoidance being part of it, um, being very sure of our abilities in a moment and then Hmm. reality setting in, like lots and lots of reasons. The measure of a person is not that they did that. It is what they do when they realize, oh, fuck, (laughs) I can't do this thing. And if they can, over time, come to some self-realization that, oh, I do that a lot, don't I? And that's kind of shitty and that's not helping anybody. And is there something I can do to stop doing that? Um, it's a, a self-awareness, yeah. I think. Um, so you can be an over-promiser and an over-committer and an under-deliverer 
and you're gonna annoy people you already know that about yourself or you're gonna kill yourself, which is what I used to do. I mean, I used to like break my back to get shit done because I was like, I said I would do this thing instead of going, I am so sorry I said I would do this thing and I can't fucking do this thing. Um, I, I know to this day what I will do. I will keep my word if I can. The lesson I then have to try to learn is to not do that the next time. But in yeah. a relationship, right? Power exchange, friendship, doesn't matter. This is a person you're trying to like have a thing with for more than five seconds. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do my best to keep my commitment. If I can't, mm -hmm. I'm definitely gonna admit it. But then when we're done with that moment, then it's okay, we have to have a conversation. I did this, I overcommitted. It's making me feel like a shitty person. It's exhausting me. You're starting to question my integrity. I, I wanna try and fix this. Let's talk this out. Sometimes your partner can offer suggestions. Sometimes they can just be aware of it. Being aware of it, I think is half of the battle. Half the battle. So when you yeah. go to ask for something, maybe you're like, I'm actually only asking for this much. Let's, you know, let me know. It's a little bit of understanding mm -hmm. who you're talking to. Like if you know you're talking to somebody where you asked for one thing and they said, but I can do five and you know they're an over-promiser, you can be like, I only want the one, don't give me five, right? Like you can, <laughs> you have that awareness of that person and you can sort of work within that with them. Um, but yeah, you know, do what you say you'll do to the best of your abilities and when you can't, you fucking admit it and you talk it through. You don't ghost a person, you don't drop them, you don't, uh, to the best of your ability, appear to be a liar or somebody who mm -hmm. is gonna just, whatever, because that does more damage long-term because that yes. hurts, it makes it hard to learn how to trust a person. Mm -hmm. It makes means you're not dependable. And quite frankly, in power exchange especially, you have to be dependable on, on some level, not yeah. in all things, in all ways, at all times, but you have to depend on the fact that I am your submissive and I'm going to do what we agreed to do. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do my tasks. I'm gonna follow my rules. I'm gonna whatever. And if I can't, you have to trust me to tell you that I can't and here's why. That's what I mean Correct. by that. Um, yeah. Apparently these all create little mini ramps. I'm gonna trademark that. <laughs> okay, here's another one. The people involved in the relationship take responsibility for themselves. Yes. <laughs> so let's back up here in power exchange. Part of the element of that exchange can be a desire or a working towards a dominance, taking charge and responsibility for mm -hmm. the submissive partner or certain actions or certain parts of the relationship or certain aspects of life. Yes, yes, yes. And that is great and wonderful. And as long as it works, it works and have a good time. But we are always human individuals. That's right. Grown That's ass right. adults. And we still have to be able to take responsibility for ourselves yes. and our actions and our wants and our needs. And that means a lot of things. Sure. Oh yeah. It, um, it, it means knowing when you've made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It means owning up to said mistake and mm -hmm. saying, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right? And, and admitting a mistake and saying you're sorry, apologizing mm -hmm. is not a weakness. No, not at all, not at all. Mm -mm. And I think that's something that everybody needs to hear and be reminded of, dominance especially need to hear mm -hmm. and be reminded of it. On the flip side though, for submissives, 
Um, there's the taking responsibility. In my mind, when I think of taking responsibility for myself as a submissive, that means it is my job to say, I can't do this. I don't like that. That's a hard limit. Mm-hmm. You tied the knot too tight, Daddy. This hurts in not a good way. Like, I have to advocate for myself. We've talked about that before. Yes. I have to protect myself. I trust you. We've got all these years in now. I trust you. You are never willingly, non-consensually going to hurt me. Mentally, physically, emotionally. Well, you try not to break your toys. But also, you are a fallible human being and shit happens. And also, for all of our communication, you cannot 100% know what's going on in my head every moment of every day. First of all, it's exhausting for me to live in this head. Okay? I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, <laughs> let alone the love of my life. Okay? <laughs> like, what? So... In my mind, when I'm thinking of responsibility for myself, it is for the care and well-being of myself. Mm-hmm. Even when I know that 95, 99% of the time, I can rely on you and depend on you to mm-hmm. be paying attention, to not fuck up, whatever. I just don't give up over my entire sense of self, though. I still have to, I mean, it's sort of like my... I don't want to say annoyance. It might be a little strong. Maybe, maybe my side eye at people who were like, I want, I am submissive every moment of every day. And maybe you are, but do you go to work and talk to and treat your boss the way you treat your dominant? Maybe you do. Maybe you're living that life. Okay. I think you're the exception to the rule <laughs> is what I think. We still have to navigate every other facet of our life. Mm-hmm. And even in the most highly micromanaged, like owner slave, like intense dynamics, there are still moments when the little S has to be responsible for themselves, has to take mm-hmm. care of life for themselves, has to speak up, has to self advocate, has to go, this isn't going to end well. And here's what you need to know. Like, my favorite, I think we got it, was it from the Playing Well with Others book? I don't know. We've now read so many kink books this year. I can't keep the good advice yeah. straight where I got it from, but there you go. Um, and it was that that sort of that uh, thing of, um, as a submissive slave, it was written for uh, owner-slave dynamic, but it works for any little s. As a submissive, I have a responsibility to protect you from sometimes even yourself, which means also protecting yeah. myself from you. Mm-hmm. Because the whole idea being, you want me to be happy and whole and in one piece. And if I see you making a decision that will fuck that up, mm-hmm. I have a responsibility to say something, to do True. something about that. True. And, and another aspect of that is, you know, a, a big thing in, in DS and the power exchange is a a big D looking out for their submissive mm-hmm. to take care of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To to maybe eat right, to to exercise. Um, you know, one of the big ones you, you, you see a lot about is is having a bedtime, mm-hmm. you know, to get enough sleep. Yeah, because most of us just chronically don't get enough sleep. Yeah. That's a human condition. But at the same time, in order for me to look after you, I need to be responsible for myself mm-hmm. and also take care of myself. Right. And the thing is, is taking responsibility for yourself does not mean that you don't 
need to accept help, mm-hmm. that you can't have assistance in it, that your partner can't be a support for that. Right. But it's responsibility for your your health and wellness and wholeness and your body, mm-hmm. responsibility for your actions, responsibility for the agreements you're making in this power exchange that you're going to do your part. And when you can't do your part, you're going to communicate it. Right. It is not the Dom's responsibility to make sure the submissive one does absolutely every single thing that's ever been agreed Two that they're happy every single moment. Three, that they're a fucking mind reader Four that, you know, nothing ever goes wrong. Just like it's not the submissive's responsibility to make sure that Every moment of every day, without fail, without question, mm-hmm. they take care of their dom to their own detriment. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just like I. On I, top of many other examples yeah. of taking responsibility. I mean, for I myself. came to you a, a while back, and I was like, "Look, you know, I've got something going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little on uncertain ground. I need to work through this. Um, I don't know if there's anything you can help me with." through it at this point, but yep. I wanted you to be aware of where I am at. Which goes back goes back to, what are words? I don't know. Communication, <laughs> boundaries, um, being open and transparent, mm-hmm. and taking responsibility for yourself. Because no. you knew that this thing was probably going to impact our power exchange. Right. Giving me a heads up means you're not, we're not setting false um, expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, that when there is disappointment or sadness or, oh, that didn't work out, I'm not in the dark. I'm not blaming an unknown thing. I'm not jumping to conclusions. We've had this conversation. Yeah. Okay. Next green flag. Mm. Uh, everybody in the power exchange wants the kink or the relationship or both, depending on how you're navigating power exchange Mm -hmm. to be a good experience for you both. I E making sure that everyone is getting some of, or all of what they need. Hopefully what they want. You don't always get what you want, but you often get what you need. Fucking hate it, but it's true. Um, but actively wanting it, it's not just about what I want. It's about what you want. It's about what we can experience together. It's about a very good sign. (laughs) I can sum that up in one word. Okay compromise also that yeah Yeah. it's back to the venn diagram of your boundaries limits Mm -hmm. needs wants desires and the overlap yeah and working in the overlap exactly so -hmm. that everybody gets Mm -hmm. something of what they need Mm -hmm. you know not everybody's going to get all of what they need you're not going to get all of what you need but if we meet somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. we're going to find a little piece of happiness exactly and to to give you the the comparison of what is not there's definitely a red flag and what the opposite of this is it is the submissive who demands specific control and domination and kink Mm -hmm. from a dom like they're a kink dispenser it is the dom that says and means and somehow thinks is reality i'm the dom i can do whatever i want your needs don't matter you don't get to safe word who cares about your boundaries you'll do what i want the way i want and it makes my fucking skin crawl to see bullshit Mm. like that and it it hurts my heart that there are people out there who go, okay, BDSM is so far outside of the realm of the vanilla world that this must be how it is because that's what porn looks like to me. And that's what this one 30 second scene I once saw looked like. So this must (laughs) be it. Okay, I give up all personhood. I give up all, you know, desire um, of my own desires and what I actually want. Sure, that's submission and fuck no, it's not. And it is a very, very good sign when each side of the slash is working together 
to figure out what you're gonna do that's good for both of you. And sometimes that means you don't always get to do all the things you wanna do because that Venn diagram's not working mm -hmm. in your favor there. Um, and sometimes it means that you're, the most important kinks are very closely aligned and yay, let's move forward. I'm very, very fortunate. I feel like that mo the, our biggest kinks align I mean, we're each other's yeah. other side of the slash. Yeah. But we've also negotiated our relationship in such a way that if there were needs, and you have had them in the past, that mm -hmm. are, cannot be fulfilled by the other, we have worked out for us, because it's what it works out for us, that the other person can go explore that outside of right. the two of us. That will not work for everybody, and that's okay. Uh, ethical non-monogamy is not a requirement for kink, but that is how some kinksters navigate that. So that, again, the whole pur purpose being whatever we do together or whatever life we're trying to create, everybody's to the best of our ability getting some of what they need. It's not one-sided. Right. A scene might appear one-sided. There might be times where you negotiate a little bit of a one-sided mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, but even within that negotiation, what is the other person getting that they want or need from it are they getting a sense of satisfaction are they getting just to play are they getting some level of pleasure even if the action in that particular scene is geared more towards the other person right okay next mm. and you were like you were like put this in and i went okay uh a <laughs> green flag in a power exchange relationship is that to the best of your ability you empathize with each other. Absolutely. We did an episode on empathy. Mm. Um, empathy is not always easy for people. It is, no. I think like anything, I think it's just another learned skill. Uh, if you're not, if you struggle with empathy, I my top thing is just learn how to ask questions. Don't assume you're trying to understand what the other person's going through and you can't, like you can't feel it for yourself. So just ask. Um, quite frankly, just asking questions can make somebody feel seen and heard and understood because you're not making assumptions. Um, yeah, empathy for the other person's struggle, empathy mm -hmm. for the other person's pain, empathy for this is hard. Even though this is a relationship we both really, really want, I'm, I'm going yeah. through it right now and mm -hmm. I can't do the thing that I would normally do because of, you know, an illness, an injury, a hard time at work, uh, whatever. Right. Um, empathy in a scene also, I think is, is extreme in kink is extremely important. Like I want to hit you this certain way cause I get my rocks off on it. But also, is that the way you want to be hit? That's not just boundaries. That's how is the other person responding to this? Mm -hmm. Where, where are they at in this? How do I, you know, I want them to feel good. I, I want them to have what they need. Okay. So then it's not just about me, it's about you. That's another, I think, kink-specific example yeah. of empathy. And it's caring of the other, for the other person's humanity sure. and just as much as anything I, I have used this as an example in the past. Mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like, um, you know, you're giving, given a task and, and you don't perform your task. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, did you not perform it because you were just flat out being defiant? Or with you, I know in, from past experience, if you don't do a task, something's seriously wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, are you feeling okay? Do you have a migraine? You know, if you, if, if you don't do something because you have a migraine, I am not going to sit there and, and berate you for not doing a task or punish you for it. Mm -hmm. You know, no, I'm going to say, oh, okay, 
you know, go lay down in the dark bedroom. I'll take care of this and, and we'll call it done. Well, another uh, one that comes to mind that just happened the other night, uh, showed a, a lot of things. All, these things all tend to overlap, but uh, a point of empathy that you clearly showed. We had stayed up late. We had watched a lot of TV. I think yeah. it was the night we finished Lucifer. Yes. So we were both yes. emotional messes. Mm-hmm. And I, I yeah, because I realized I was like, oh shit, we can't, we can't go to bed till we do dishes or the cats will not have a bowl to eat their breakfast out of at oh dark 30 in the morning. <laughs> so I stopped everything real quick and I filled the dishwasher. That took five minutes, no big deal. But I was clearly distracted, still, like my face was still puffy from all the crying I did at the end of Lucifer. No spoilers, don't worry. Um, I'm I'm all over the place. I'm not focused like I normally am. I'm now also out of the routine of what we do before we go to bed. Dishes are not usually one of them. And you saw me like circling the kitchen and you gave me a nudge. You were like, what about the coffee pot? Now we know, and God, we've talked about it ad nauseum here, that one of my daily tasks, every it's all coffee, right? Like I get the coffee <laughs> pot done at night so you can have coffee in the morning. I do this, mm-hmm. I do that. I know it's one of my tasks. There's no question. It's something that on the few times I've forgotten, I always feel awful about. Um, and yes, there are some people out there who are like, you should know I'm not giving you a reminder. Why should I do that? This, this is your job to serve. You shouldn't need me to say anything. Mm-hmm. But empathy allowed you to go she is completely out of her routine her head's not even in the right space she's gonna feel shitty if she wakes up tomorrow and realizes she didn't do it and also i'm gonna be annoyed because i won't have it ready (laughs) a quick nudge will be is is the right thing to do yeah right it was it goes back to something actually we said in the Dom video that we're teasing a lot in this episode. I hope people watch it when it comes out uh, of not setting me up to fail. Right. Like you saw an opportunity and you understood to as much as you could where my head was at. And so you gave a little bit of assistance well, so that we kept moving on the path we want to move on. I, I know I've, I've been around you long enough to know you are a creature of habit. Mm-hmm. You have a mental checklist at night mm-hmm. before bed. You run through that mental checklist. Mm-hmm. Now, I also know, yes, we were both an emotional wreck <laughs> at the end of the series. Damn you, Lucifer! <laughs> and I know you well enough because the dishes are not something you normally do mm-hmm. that for you, having a, monk, a, a so-called monkey wrench thrown in the gears... Mm-hmm would be enough to throw you off of your normal checklist routine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it just... But you knowing that, one, there's a lot. These Again, I'm going to say it again. All these things overlap, right? Mm-hmm. It's time spent together. It's observation. It's communication. But it's giving a shit <laughs> enough yeah. to think of those things and thinking about where my head might be at and understanding where I might be at mentally, that is a massive sign of empathy. And yes, did you come by that from us being together for years, from how we've done things day in, day out, from talking about things from under, yeah, 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 of course you did. You could have understood all of that and left it there, but you took that, that empathy to the next level, to the level that helps keep relationships going mm-hmm. and acted on it. And instead of going, well, I'm the big bad Dom and she should just fucking remember. And I'll, you know, she'll just deal with the consequences later. You were like, eh, little nudge. So that, 
because you because you had that empathy that nudge came from a lot of places part of that was your empathy to me because you could understand where i might be at and what mm -hmm. might be going on and you could just sort of see it playing out in front of you yeah and quite frankly to me it's still an act of dominance that you gave the nudge because you wanted what the fuck you wanted <laughs> and you knew that the best way to get what the fuck you wanted was to fucking communicate mm -hmm. and you could do it in a way that didn't ask that didn't even demand it was just a mm, i think you're forgetting something have you done this boom and then i was back to my submissive headspace and, and that brought and that brought you back into exactly yeah, it centered you it centered me yeah oh, okay next one so that's a green flag you're willing to learn new things, to learn and grow, to yeah. expand your horizons. And that can be in the relationship skills that you kind of feel like you could do better on. That can also be in your kink skills. Mm -hmm. That can be in figuring out how to deal with this partner and interact with this partner and their unique needs, especially if you know you're the type of person who's like, well, in my last relationship we didn't, in my last dynamic we didn't, Deal with the fucking person in front of you and their unique yeah. presence and who, what they bring to this and figure that shit out. But that that willingness to learn and grow and not stick with the, but this is how I've always done it. I understand that uh, urge. I'm a creature of habit who loves routine. I would like to always do the things I've always done that I'm comfortable doing because I think I'm good at them. Uh, the way we become better people, have better relationships and find happiness in this life is to fucking grow a little. So... <laughs> I've had to get out of my comfort zone. And apparently I busted through that comfort zone like the fucking Kool-Aid man. Because now I'm oh, like, yeah. exactly. Let me learn all the things. <laughs> what can I do better? How can I grow as a, it's almost as I've gone too far is what I've said here. But that, and, and I don't think it has to be in big ways. It can be, it can be the, oh shit, I'm the worst communicator ever. And I want this relationship to work. So I'm gonna mm -hmm. like go hard on learning how to communicate. It can be that. It can be small things. It can be um, realizing that an old technique like emailing one another is a great way for us to, to deal with conflict. Yeah. You know, and that, Or avoid it. Or avoid it completely. Mm -hmm. um, having empathy for the other person allows you to learn something about them little by little. And so then you learn and you learn new ways of interacting with them. It can be big, it can be yeah. small, it can be kinky, it can be not kinky. In power exchange, I tend to think of, of learning kinks. You know, I have I don't have a lot of tolerance for people who are like, I've been doing this kink for 30 years. There's nothing new for me to learn. <laughs> That's so mm. cute of you. Okay, go have a good time with that. Stay the fuck away from me, okay? Because even if you know as many techniques as there are and you've kind of been there, done that, humans are imaginative creatures and you can always learn a new way to do an old thing, a way maybe you hadn't seen before, right? So even in the fun fuckery part, learning and growing. That's, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not impressed when people are like, this is who I've always been and this is just who I'll always be. Hmm, okay, you can do that over there. <laughs> not in this space with me, thanks. Hi, okay. Sorry, <laughs> these things are causing little rants because what happens is to talk about the green flag, I talk about what it's not and then I get mad. And so there we are, okay. The last one, oh my God, the net is back. The last one on our list. And for those who are like, what is the list? I will do a rundown of this and we will write it down in places I'm later. Sorry. Oh, anybody watching on yeah. YouTube is having a field day. I'm trying to catch a gnat. 
Last one. Green flag. And we kind of talked about this in other ones. Yeah. Admits when they're wrong. Admits when they're wrong. There's admitting you don't know something. Mm-hmm. And then there's admitting you were wrong. And admitting you were wrong can come out in a lot of different ways. It can come out in the, I overcommitted. <laughs> I now have to admit mm-hmm. that I was wrong and should have told you that I couldn't do that. It could be when you're like, oh, I thought there was this only this one way to tie this one knot and do this one bondage scene. Cause I've been doing it for 30 years and I know everything. Um, I was wrong. There was another way. Like yeah. it goes back to integrity and building trust and um, I feel like just admitting that you're human. You know, I, I do think that sadly there are expectations that we put on our kinky partners, but also that we internalize for ourselves as kinky partners, mm-hmm. that we are somehow supposed to be infallible. We're supposed to be perfect. Dominants tend to do it because, well, I'm in charge, I'm in control, I'm responsible, so I can never fucking make a mistake. Submissives do it because it's like I have this list of tasks, this list of rules, this list of expectations, these things I promised I would do. I could never fucking do it wrong. Um, And that is not good for anybody if you either internalize the idea that you're never supposed to do anything wrong or you're never allowed to admit that you did anything wrong. Both are, are not great. Being humble enough to kind of go, yeah, that, ooh, that didn't work. And you can do it together. We changed yeah. our entire dynamic uh, organically. We've talked many mm-hmm. times about how we went from being sir and every other thing you ever called me to daddy and baby girl. Right. Because we started with where, what we were used to, what mm-hmm. we thought that's what DS was. Right. That's just what we were accustomed well, that, to. Basically what I had prior before. Me and, too. Yeah. Me too. And we thought, okay, that, that's who we mm-hmm. are. And realizing organically that we are somebody different with one another. Right. And it wasn't so much an admission. We didn't sit down and go, oh, I just want you to know I've been mistaken all these years. You're not really sir, your daddy. I'm not really whatever. I'm Like, it wasn't that. Mm -hmm. It was just uh, an organic admission that that didn't work, but this does, and we'll move over to this because Mm -hmm. it's better for the relationship. So sometimes admitting when you're wrong is not this throw yourself on your sword and mea culpa thing. Mm -hmm. It's just a... We can shift. We can do something different because and, that didn't work. And not being afraid to change. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which goes up to also overlaps with being willing to learn new things because yeah. being willing to learn new things requires change yeah. on some level, which I, I know is, dif- is difficult. Look, I'm a perfectionist who's very anxious and diagnosed, has OCD. I like things in the way that I like things because then... I know what to expect and I don't have to worry. And there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot. I know. But also I know that my life has become immensely better when I've been willing to grow and change, even if it's a teeny tiny little bit at a time, even if it's just take on a new idea and let it swim around in my head a little bit until it feels comfortable or learn a new skill or try a new method like don't you know the old method worked but maybe this new method will work too and i'll like it better and it it's always easy to do sometimes it's exciting like learning wax play that was that was exciting Mm -hmm. okay uh learning to shut the fuck up and stop overwhelming you with my intensity not exciting (laughs) (laughs) but it makes for a better relationship yeah 
uh, on this one, admitting that you're wrong, is there anything else you want to add? I think between what you said, what we covered in the prior video, I think we're good. I know. Have I sucked up all the oxygen? Of course I have. Sometimes it's what I do. It's that intensity. <laughs> so I do want to run down this list kind of quickly. And the entire written list will be in the show notes page mm -hmm. on Friday, lovingbdsm.net. Um, yeah. And we will probably see other content about this over time because think this is important stuff. So green flags, the positives, the good things, the signs that you're probably on the right path. Things are probably going well. Go. They do not mean that your relationship will always be perfect. They do not mean that you will even always stay together, but they do mean that this is probably a decent relationship that has is going someplace good. Heading in the right direction. Heading in the right direction. Yeah. Also, we do not think these are the only green flags. These are the ones we could think of, okay? Mm -hmm. um, so there's willing to communicate or to at least learn to communicate. Right. Respecting boundaries and limits of mm -hmm. everybody. Uh, taking the time to get to know each other. Yeah. Being open and transparent about who they are within their boundaries. Remember, difference between privacy and secrecy. Yep. Uh, doing what they say they'll do. Taking responsibility for themselves. Uh, wanting the kink or relationship to be a good experience for everybody involved, mm -hmm. showing empathy, being willing to learn new things, to learn and grow, and then finally admitting when they're wrong, taking the personal responsibility, and ideally growing and changing from that, fixing yeah. it. Like it's one thing to go, yeah, I was wrong, and then to fucking keep repeating that. <laughs> red flag, red flag, red yeah, flag. Yeah, 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 yeah. But learn, admit learn, you're wrong. Learn from the mistake. Learn from it. Fix it. You'll try to do better next time. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's a, a expression. I don't know that it's like a common expression. It's a thing I heard somebody say that has nothing to do with kink or power exchange or relationships. And it was actually about business. And it is something that it's a little mini uh, internal mantra I keep in my head for my work purposes that I think some people might find useful in power exchange relationships when you're trying to navigate this with another human being. And that is, don't be afraid to be seen trying, okay? Yeah. Doms, you are not perfection under the sun. You did not, you know, come forth fully formed, knowing all the things, doing all the things. The good doms never think that about themselves, by the way. It is either the pedestal their submissive puts them on or it's the predators who've been watching too much fucking porn and need to get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> submissives, um, especially my fellow anxious perfectionist souls, you're gonna fuck up. You're gonna miss something. You're gonna get it wrong. You're gonna forget. You're gonna not follow your tasks. It's not gonna be quite right. And it's okay. And then within the relationship, the interpersonal stuff, no matter how good of a communicator you think you are, and I think we're pretty fucking good, you're gonna be snarky when you should have been empathetic. You're gonna roll your eyes when you meant to keep them downcast and like was trying to look respectful. You're not gonna listen when you desperately need to listen. It's gonna happen. But the best relationships, it's not that they don't have those problems. It's that they figure out how to navigate those problems. They, they do their best every day to try to be the partner they want for themselves, the partner that they really want to, to be mm -hmm. for the other person. And also they go, oh, I'm gonna fuck that up. I have fucked that up. What are we gonna do about it? How do we make it better? How do I fix it? How do I repair it? How do I grow from it? You know, don't, yeah, 
don't be afraid to be seen trying. That applies to so much in life. <laughs> that applies to so much in life. Um, and I definitely think that that applies to power exchange. Sure. And so those are our green flags, the signs that things are maybe going well. I would say one, if you yourself can think of other things that are important to you or just maybe think are pretty general that we didn't mention, there's the comment section on YouTube, there's live chat on YouTube, there's Twitter, there's wherever. Mm -hmm. Feel free to like shout those out. Also, I think it's okay if your personal list of green flags and what will help you think that this relationship is in a good place or has got potential is different than ours. It, it's okay. We all have our own different values and things that are important to us. Those things are very important to us. And we can easily relate to back to those things, how they have helped our relationship form and stay strong and grow. And so that's where our list comes from. Yeah. <sighs> Time to take a breath. I know. See, it's the intensity. <laughs> the rest of y'all are going to be asking for a fucking safe word, too. But you know what you get? You get a pause button. Okay? <laughs> you get a pause button. And the safe word that JB has is his pause button. So yep. There you go. I mean, if we could just live a relationship where I record everything and you just listen to it, you wouldn't need it. You would have the pause button. True, true. Uh, considering the running dialogue monologue? No, sometimes it's a dialogue. Yeah. The running uh, stuff I have in my head. No, nobody should put a microphone to that. I should not record any of them. But it is constant. constant. On that note. <laughs> I could keep going. We're not gonna, but I could. So are we good? I don't know. I let other people decide that. <laughs> <laughs> you are other people. We're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep it kinky, y'all. And we'll see you next week. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? Please. Go ahead, baby girl. Talk to the crickets. See, that is the other way to get me to shut the fuck up and slow the fuck down. Create an audio note taking. And also, you know, I've been yelled at multiple times. um, I learned. You yell at me enough. I will stop. Um... <laughs> if your name is JB. Um, so this week is is a little off for us. Um, podcast listeners, this will mean nothing to you, but we did stream this uh, live stream recording while we record the audio podcast 30 minutes earlier because kids are uh, getting out of school early. And so JB has to go do kid pickup duty earlier than he normally would. This, uh, as far as we know, will be a monthly thing. There will be one one Wednesday a month where we're a little bit early, which kind of throws us off too, because we have like a whole system down for how we get ready, when we get ready. And like, I basically walk in the door from dropping the 12 year old off at school and was like, boom, let's like run and start getting everything ready. Cause we got to, cram things in because we're recording multiple videos and doing all kinds of stuff um let's see what else oh (laughs) so for podcast listeners i i told myself and i think i teased it a little bit in the intro um (laughs) we had an oopsie with this week's mini podcast episode it's not that we didn't record it it's not even that the file corrupted no 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 we recorded it it sounds great it was a duplicate of one we had recorded back in 2020 and I missed it when I was planning out the topics. 
and we didn't, when I was figuring it out, I was like, I don't have the time or the energy to record another episode on the fly for mini-sode number 34. Mini-sode 34 will just be the lost episode. And in a year or two years, when people start showing up and they're listening to the back catalog, they'll be like, where is episode 34? And we'll all talk about it in hushed tones as the time. Kayla didn't know how to fucking read her own spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the, that was that. Um, Elegantly Owned sponsors our mini episodes for the month of September, but don't worry, don't worry. Shouted them out in the uh, intro of the audio podcast. So if you are a person who usually fast forwards through the intro of the audio version of this podcast on your podcast app, uh, feel free to go back to about minute two and a half and I'm gushing over Elegantly Owned there. Um, but also that just proves don't fast forward through the intro because you think I'm gonna say the same thing every time because uh, sometimes I might surprise you is all I'm saying. Uh, I'm a maverick like that. Uh, <laughs> what else for the bonus section? Lola has been living her best fucking life today. Yeah. Uh, she snored through video recording. I, I talked about that at the to mm-hmm. the top of the live stream. Um, also, she's every time I look up and I look over at the love seat where she lays in the office, she's been on her back with her pa- all four paws just extended. Like, yeah. I've gotten out of care in the fucking world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And good for her. I'm glad we can give her that kind of life. <laughs> we can't give ourselves that kind of life, but we can give her that right. life. <laughs> so uh, the, the cats are little stinkers, like always. Yeah. Um, Onyx usually stays in our bedroom uh, at night, sleeps in the bed, uh, wanders. She has access to the office because of an open window, but we keep our bedroom door closed. So Ella, who is very annoying, cannot come in our bedroom. (laughs) And last night, she did not want to stay in the bedroom. And she was like pawing at the bedroom door. So we're like, okay, you want to go out? I opened the door and let her out. And was like, uh, see you in the morning. And I feel like what she did was it's like she went camping. Yeah. Except that means she went camping in the house all night with Ella, who meows all the fucking time. (laughs) And uh, so I feel certain she is not going to want to leave the bedroom at night at least a couple of weeks. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, it's good in here. I'm good in here. Well, you know, sometimes you have to have that experience you to, you know. You do. You yeah. Do. Yeah. So the fur babies are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, as mentioned in the episode, we did finally finish watching Lucifer. Yeah. Uh, the last five episodes of season six, basically the entire second half of the final season, tore my guts out and I sobbed yeah. every episode. No spoilers. Mm-mm. It was a great ending. It was. It, it really was, was. It was a fitting it ending. It was a fitting ending. Like, yeah. I had in my baby girl heart and mind the here's what would be perfect. And it would not have actually worked. It wouldn't have made sense on a couple of levels, even though, like, I would have been happy. The way they ended it was heart-wrenching, but fitting. Yeah. But fitting. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. And then I was like oh my God, I'm going to need some time to recover before we watch another show. And did did we give ourselves time to recover? No. No. But we are finally watching. But it, it's something totally... Complete 180 one eight, in tone and yeah. in vibe. And it is one that I've, I've been told many times we needed to watch. I knew. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I really do want to watch this. But I just... 
I don't watch enough TV to care. I'm not the person who's like, oh, we have to watch this show. Like I don't, once mm -hmm. I'm in a show, I'm like, I have to watch, keep watching this show. Yeah. And that is sex education. Mm -hmm. And we are starting at season one. I know season three, if anybody does watch it, just hit Netflix. Um, weirdly, this is at least the second show, but maybe not even, maybe it's been more than that where the 16 year old has watched it first and either gushed about it or we've caught scenes like mm -hmm. while he's been watching or whatever. And we're like, why yes, we will watch that. Sex Education was that show. He binged it over like a couple of days between yeah. three seasons. I walked into his bedroom at one point over the weekend and he's curled up like a, a in his burrito blanket kind of thing. The, you can kind of see the remote peeking out from the top. He's just like curled up on his bed in a dark, dim room, just watch staring at the TV. And I was like, I feel like you're living your best life. And he's like, I do too, <laughs> I really do. Um, but yeah, and then we turn on sex education and the very first scene, like I look up at the TV and there's just a pair of boobs like right in front of me and an active sex scene. And I was like, I believe I'm an open, sex positive parent. I try to teach these children about all kinds of concepts that certainly my parents never taught me. They, st I still would need to teach my parents um, and to be really open with them and to like be very, you know, practical and sort of like, and, and not react when like sex things are like, it's just, it, it's a fact mm. of life. And all I could think as I'm watching this person bounce on top of this other person, I'm so glad I'm not watching this with a 16 year old right now. Right. I'm not mature enough right now at this point in life to watch a sex scene with my kid in the room. I'm just not. But also I realized this show, we we're only what, four episodes in? Yeah. Just how different American TV, and I know it's streaming, so it's not TV in the same sense, yeah. but American TV is from UK TV. Cause I was like, that's a penis. That's a penis on my screen. That's a penis on my screen. That's a penis on my screen. <laughs> and I'm supposed to be the sex positive mature one. I mean, I did keep that all in my head, but I was like, whoa, wow, that's, that's, that's okay. I am loving it though. I am too. I am loving it. And, and um, it's very rare that the first episode mm -hmm. of a show mm -hmm. grabs me enough that I'm like, yeah, I want to keep watching this. Yeah, normally you gotta like normally work into it. you, you kind of got to work into it, mm -hmm. and it takes a couple episodes. Mm -hmm. But this this kind of got me right from the start. It did. It was it was compelling right from the start. Yeah. I immediately liked some characters. I immediately went, I don't like you as a person right now, but I will watch you. Mm -hmm. There's one weird show that's like a brain candy kind of show. It's got no substance to it that you watch sometimes when you're like just bored. When I just need, yeah. Yeah, it's bad acting, it's bad storytelling. Mm. I'm not sure why we're watching it, but I get sucked in with you. And there are characters in there that annoy me. Oh, yes. To the point that I actually don't want to watch them. Mm -hmm. In sex ed, education, there've been a couple of, of characters that I don't like right now. Like, I don't know how I'm hoping they'll get a character arc or something, mm -hmm. but they don't make me actively not want to watch them. Yeah. They're interesting enough. And I'm like, no, no, I want to see where this goes, but ooh, I don't like, I, it's like, you're a real person and I, I just don't like you. I would like you to go away. Whereas in this other like bad show, it's like, I don't like you cause you're being painted as a bad person, but also God, get the fuck away from me. I'm going to turn my TV off now. Mm -hmm. So there's like a difference. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I'm enjoying sex education. And if we mm -hmm. actually like sit down and watch it, it won't take us long. I think there's eight episodes a season and there's right. three seasons. So yeah. Mm -hmm. What else? What else? Dog, um, cats, school, mm -hmm. uh, oopsies, TV. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Anything else? I mean, you've been working, I've been working, but that, yeah, that goes without saying. That, that, that goes without saying. I, I haven't really been doing a whole lot. Um, I've been wanting to get out on the motorcycle really bad. I know. The weather is not cooperating. And, and the weather has not been cooperating. Um, now, I did did do one thing in concerns with the bike. Um, prior to getting the bike fixed, I had to retire all my rain gear. <laughs> it, yeah, it was gone gross. It, it, had, it, had, it, you know, I had used the heck out of it. Um, and even the jacket, because it was high visibility, I used to wear it a lot at night, mm -hmm. you know, and had to retire it. And, uh, you know, right now we're not in a place that I can go out and get a good set of rain gear. Uh -uh. And uh, we, we went on a hunt. I, I took this one along for the ride, and uh, we went to... Every motorcycle shop that sells gear in our town. Yep. With all of their varying personalities and vibes. Yeah. Oh, it was an experience. But then I dragged you through two craft stores, so I don't feel bad. True, true, true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, ended up not getting... Uh, what I was looking for was... Uh, my, my thought was rather than, you know, get full-on rain gear at this point, to just get a vest, a reflective mm -hmm. vest that I could wear. Mm -hmm. uh, found nothing in, in any of the stores. Um, and I ended up, uh, finding something on Amazon at a very reasonable price mm -hmm. that that's going to work very well. I could wear it over a shirt. If I'm wearing, uh, the leather jacket, it will actually adjust to go over that. Um, it, it's basically just straps. It's like suspenders. Straps. Reflective yeah. suspenders. Yeah. And they work very well. This morning I like stumbled into the bathroom mm -hmm. without trying to turn on the lights and I, something caught my eye because... Our bathroom, when you're sitting on the toilet, you can look directly into the bedroom at our dresser. And your suspenders were sitting on the dresser. And what caught my eye was the reflection. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had turned on the bathroom light, but not the bedroom light. I was like, oh, yes, those work. Those work very well. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. And and what struck me about these, most of them that I looked at, they just had like a thin strip of reflective material. Mm -hmm. And this is like two, three inches wide, the yeah, straps. Yeah, they're pretty. And, it, and it's full reflective material. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now I just need the weather to uh, stop, stop with we, the rain. It's and every yeah. day, which, because I know there are some places in the country, in the world, that are not getting the rain they need. I'm not complaining. No, no, no. I mean, I'm, also, I'm very grateful we're, we're not having a drought. But, but also, yeah. it would be nice if it would just calm the fuck down. Right. Um, uh, we were asked, what about my new project? Um, mm -hmm. It's... It's moving along slowly. Uh, if yeah. anybody's interested, I've started a an Etsy shop. It is vanilla. It is it's under my name, Kayla Lords, but it is a vanilla shop. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at, at Kayla Lords Reads if you mm -hmm. are even remotely curious. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm trying to show my process on that Instagram handle. Um, 
and it, I link to the shop and all that there. Uh, and then we were asked if we have any plans for our anniversary next month. Mm -hmm. And we were just, I was just signing a permission slip for the 16 year old for away games and bus trips and stuff. And looking at the schedule on our wedding anniversary, we will be at a marching band competition. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. as a former band geek, I'm not unhappy about. But also it's not the most romantic plan for whatever the hell year our wedding anniversary is this year. Um, so uh, we don't know how many years we've been married. We'll have to look it up. Can't believe I just admitted that. Um, and probably we'll be at a marching band competition. Uh, and I cry every time I watch bands march on the field. If they're really good, I cry because I'm like, oh my God, that's really impressive. If they're really small and clearly struggling and, and I cry because I'm like, look at them out there trying. And then if it's my kid in a band, I cry because I'm like, oh my God, my baby's out of the field doing what I did 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> it's it's a problem and I, I know that, but you know, whatever. Yeah. So happy whatever year anniversary to us right. in October. <laughs> that's what we'll be doing. Oh, yeah. um, so... <laughs> It's uh, it's fun times over here, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That mm -hmm. that's it. Mm -hmm. um, I guess we're done. You've got to yeah. go leave I've, soon I've to go pick get up a ready. kid. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm hoping to uh, take Lola along for the car ride. Yeah, she hasn't gotten a car ride in ages. No, it's been a while for her. And you know, uh, we got an email from Starbucks about whatever, you could totally take her through Starbucks drive-thru on your way home. And she would not be mad about a puppuccino. No, she wouldn't. She wouldn't. And I don't think the 12-year-old would be mad about a whatever, whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah. if you let me know, I'll mobile order. So, okay. I think we're uh, we're going to be done. We're going to wrap up. Thanks. Uh, Ooh, Little Miss, I may have to keep that in mind. That okay, sounds, for, uh, for yeah. podcasts, I was trying to ignore it. No, no offense, Little Miss. <laughs> Oh, so live stream chat says, as an anniversary gift, maybe Kayla should receive one spanking for every time she cries that day. I mean, I'm not, I'm not unhappy about that. That would be frankly. a lot of spanks. <laughs> I, I cry my way through marching band. Anything. The moment it triggers a memory of when I was doing it. I'll... Yeah, and I did marching band for high school marching band for seven years. It's a lot of memories to trigger. Okay, we're gonna go. Thank y'all yeah. for Thanks sticking for joining with us, us to the bitter end. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, we'll be back next yeah. week. And Mr. Spock, that's a good idea. He mentioned the frog togs. Yeah, I will From look Walmart into that. And... Yep. Okay, we're yep. going to actually go now, yes. though. Okay. All right. We, we love y'all. Thank y'all for being right. here. Thank y'all for listening and watching. Uh, we will see y'all next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.